are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. Welcome to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. And Matt Donnelly. Hello, fellas. And it's been a couple weeks since we were all together. Any uh, highs and lows of note of the last couple weeks for you guys at all? Oh, they screwed up my lunch again today. What Damn happened? You. Oh, Wendy's, you're going to get some fire on Twitter later. This is five consecutive times where I've said no mail. Mm. I say it three times. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but this is five consecutive trips where mm. they've put Instead of no mayo, they put just mayo. <laughs> Five consecutive trips. I don't know what to do anymore. I just want to see if they'll keep doing it. Have so you tried asking for extra done. mayo and see if you get none? It's possible. I don't know what to do. I throw yeah, it at yeah. them like I did at McDonald's at one time. That was oh. it's a story for another day. But no, no, I get a story for today, Nate. Uh, they. <laughs> so years ago, I was at McDonald's and my two older boys were younger then, and they wanted McDonald's, so I went there for them. Bit the bullet. And uh, the food for me, uh, instead of getting a burger, I got they gave gave me a fish sandwich, and instead of my uh, soda, I got a tea. <laughs> and I was so pissed when I opened that fish sandwich that I just rolled down my window and threw it at the window of the McDonald's as hard as I could. <laughs> And drove away. I don't know why that's not the proper response. After yeah. waiting that long for the food, and then I get a freaking fish sandwich. Who the it's hell almost, wants a fish sandwich? I love fish sandwiches, but it, I do see that it's like aggressive against you. <sighs> I love the bun. It's so soft. I could eat just the bun. You So you go out of your way. to If yes. there's other options, I will. you get a yep. fish sandwich. I will. And a sweet tea. Honestly, I have ordered that before. So you, want, you wanted want my order. order. So today's topic is modern art. Been in the news recently because of the uh, duct taped banana to the wall. Did you guys hear about this before I brought it up? It was kind yeah. of the news. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna go out and say Nate that you're not a fan of modern art. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> so this guy, he's an Italian artist, Maurizio uh, Catalan. There was an art show, uh, Art Basel, in Miami, and he duct taped a banana to a wall and called it Comedian. It had sold, there was three of them, and they all sold uh, two for $120,000 and one for one hundred and fifty. dollars uh, Another artist went up and ate the banana at one point, and asked, when asked why, he said, I'm hungry. So this guy, this Marzio Catalan, he, he is known to do this kind of art. So probably his most famous one besides this was he went into the Guggenheim Museum and uh, replaced a, one of the toilets uh, with a fully functioning solid gold toilet. So, what do you guys think of the banana with the duct tape for $120,000? God bless capitalism. That's <laughs> awesome. You know what the weird thing is? $120,000 was probably a good investment. I bet they could resell that for much, much more. It's a world-famous piece. But any, you could just go to the store and buy a banana and take the sticker off and say that you have that banana. How do you have any proof? I it's think gonna- there's some kind of certification process on those, I think. How do you I certify it? Is there like a grading? Is there a grading place for fruit now or what? 
Yeah. Uh, Isn't it going to go bad? Will it not go bad after a week? Well, here's the thing. The guy that did this, um, this artist, this was not like, he actually, you know, the in defense, uh, he had thought into it. Like for, I guess, years, he would uh, travel around with a banana and put it up on the wall wherever he was working. Uh, He tried different molds into making his own artificial banana. um, And then he eventually settled back on the idea of a real banana. A lot of his art, though, is about, and this is what modern, postmodern, all that stuff is, is that once the camera got invented, <laughs> the whole idea of like realistic art, it kind of started to shift. Like it, yeah. it shifted more into the abstract because it wasn't needed to just document something, right? So his whole thing has been to make fun of the modern art world and, you know, how it works and this kind of thing. And so the banana calling it comedian is a sort of a, poke or a wink it, it the line here that, that i found in an article said that the genius of catalan's banana is that it draws out the mainstream media's suspicion that all contemporary art is a type of emperor's new clothes foisted on rich people okay um, so i did not know this he he is doing it kind of tongue-in-cheek like he's doing it with a sense of humor Okay, yes. that completely changes my perspective on it then. Right. You know, I thought he was doing this as a, you know, highbrow, you know, kind of above the the common man's thinking type of art. And He's I, doing it like, look what I can get away with in this okay. current art culture. Did you guys look up any of some of the other interesting uh, pieces of uh, modern art that have sold? Well, I found one. I guess it was a it was a ninety can series called Murda de Tarsti, and what it did was this artist Piero Manzoni filled ninety tin cans with his own poop and oh, <laughs> sealed them right. and sold can number eighty four for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> so that was one of my favorite. 90 cans. I couldn't, I mean, wow. That's a lot of effort. That is that. a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a whole movement too of just white paintings and those have been sold for, you know, millions of dollars or just a black square. I, I saw one you guys have probably heard of. It's called the physical impossibility of death in the mind of someone living. That's what it's called. And what it is, is a great white shark in a tank of formaldehyde, like a, like a real one, like preserved in formaldehyde. It's called The Physical Impossibility of Death in the Mind of Someone Living. And I believe that one sold for millions as well. There's another one, one of the most famous ones of these, and I think maybe the first one to kind of start this trend of normal things being art is Marcel Duchamp, his fountain. I think it's from 1917. And what he did was he took a urinal and and signed it R. Mutt, and he placed that in a gallery. And that is now considered like the one of the most important pieces of art of the 20th century. I see kind of, people. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing that you always hear is the word important. He's an important artist. It's an important piece. Uh, you hear this term too. It's everything and it's nothing at the same time. <laughs> that know? doesn't make sense. I don't like yeah. people that talk like that. <laughs> There's another one that's more recent called My Bed by Tracy Amin. Um, 1998, she actually just, I think, brought in her bed and it was like a messy bed. It had underwear with you know blood stains and stuff on it and just tissues and just whatever around her bed. 
And I believe that sold for a million something. Someone has it preserved somewhere. Perhaps so if the- anybody ever comes in my bedroom, then I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I had thought, what about, okay, I can get all this abstract Jackson Pollock stuff. That's okay. But I would really appreciate it more if each abstract artist was required to draw a real person and you could have the same person like like a basic face like like george will um the political writer that's a very basic face Mm -hmm. and everyone has to do that and post it below the abstract just to show okay i I can draw and that's settled and now here's my abstract stuff i think one thing is uh, if the painting is going to sell or or an art piece going to sell it has to have a name i really the untitled really kind of bugs me a little bit or even if you go into a trendy little cafe and on the walls it'll be like way more money than you would ever think to pay for something like 375 dash you know you're getting screwed when you see a dash next to a price Matt mentioned Banksy. Probably he might be the most famous of the contemporary artists. He's been around since the night since the 1990s um, and started out. He's anonymous. I mean, some people you know think they know who it is and and whatnot, but he claims to still be anonymous. And he's done some great stuff. At first, he was uh, kind of he was like a rebel graffiti artist, but then now he's more accepted into by the elite and whatnot mm-hmm. in the art world. Uh, but what he did was, I don't know if you saw, um, he had sold a painting uh, through Sotheby's auction. Girl yeah. with and uh, as soon as Sotheby's uh, made the sale, hit the gavel, the painting started dropping into a shredder that was inside the the frame. And right. it, was, it was caught on video. I mean, it was the biggest boss move ever, I think. Um, one of the biggest pranks ever in, I think, heart history, they say. I love, I don't know what you guys thought. I'm like, I laughed my ass off when I saw that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he did stuff around New York. He did a, I saw something on Netflix a while ago where every day he would make something and then post a picture of it online. And there was this big craze to go around New York City and try and find where it was on a wall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another thing he did in New York City was uh, he just set up shop and, and for $60, he would um, paint your portrait. And, and people didn't, re- didn't really think it was him. You know, he's anonymous. People didn't know what he looked like. So a lot of people probably passed him by. And, and so for $60, you could have gotten an original. I don't know how you guys feel, but like my nature is like dual. Like there's a, there's two things. One is that I look at this stuff and I think it's just bullshit, like absolute bullshit. And I hate it. And, and then there's this other part of me that kind of like actually really likes it and thinks, well, why is anything worth anything? Really? I have a theory that like the only things that are actually have any real value are food, water, and shelter right? To beyond that, every item that you purchased has a percentage of bullshit value in it. Uh, why do you drive a Mercedes versus a Yugo? Well, there's a percentage of that BS value in the Mercedes that you like. Why does anything beyond a basic necessity have value? And it's because BS is what sort of makes humans human. It makes us above the animals. We see value in things beyond just survival. And so if you expand that out, you can say that like this guy's balloon animal. So like a piece of chocolate cake may be 3% BS because it has some value because it's food. But if you expand it out to the urinal statue that's worth $50 million, it's like 99.999% BS. But it still all has that that realm in it. Then I can see why why is that valuable? Well, it's because valuable because someone wants it and someone sees value in it. Other than that, there's really nothing that has value. But don't you think the people that have 50 million or 91 million to spend on modern art, people that are that wealthy are usually 
very, very eccentric personality wise. So they, they would actually think that's art. Yes. You know? I would see a lot of meaning into it. Yeah. But it's like a 52 mantle is, you know, I would see a lot of value in that, but why is that worth anything? Why is that worth anything uh, at all? To but me, I would love to have it. I think it's cool. To me, I can see value in that because of scarcity too. I mean, so there wasn't art pieces. Yeah. You can't yeah. eat it. It doesn't provide you with any necessity. It's just a piece of cardboard. Why does it have value? <laughs> you can eat the banana. It's been proven. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess you could try it with uh, the the feces, but uh, yeah. probably advise against that. But yeah. why why can't the the Chuck Knobloch rookie be worth uh, ninety two million? <laughs> I'd be the richest guy on earth right now if you yeah. could just throw it first. I think I, also I don't. I kind of wanted to explore this too because there's a little bit of self hatred in. I always, I I think that I would be a person, if I could go back, I would do theater in high school, but I didn't do theater in high school because I hated everyone that was in theater. Yes. <laughs> I found them totally annoying and pretentious and it, they just really, really bothered me to my core. And I often wonder about that if that's because I'm kind of like them and I don't want to admit it. Have you guys thought about that? Like these kind of theater type people that I never really liked. There was one guy in my Bible college that would always sing wherever he went. And his name was Martin. And everywhere he went, he would sing. And I would make fun of him so hard. I would Every time I'd see him, I'd, I'd sing, hello, Martin, you're stupid, or whatever I'd say. You guys ever met anybody that sings everywhere they go? <laughs> but I wonder if I had my own self-hatred towards Martin. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't give him a break. Yeah, there was a guy, when I went to school in Minnesota, there was a guy sort of like that. But uh, he had to make announce his presence everywhere he yeah, went. Yeah, I don't like it when someone says, look at me. Yeah, it's just like, can you just come into a room and not, Yeah, we don't need a marching band coming in. I mean, it's just like, I'm here, you're here, we're all here. So I've done this uh, in Eugene. They have this, it's it's classic liberal Eugene. It's uh, no shame theater where you can get up and do skits and stuff and anybody can come up and do it. We did it like once a month in the downtown building. Anyway, with that group one time, I went on a little trip up to Portland to watch their Portland's version of that theater. And uh, we slept in sleeping bags on the floor of this warehouse. It was very classic. Everything you could think of Portland is what it was. Anyway, so I was sitting there watching this presentation, and this one guy got up. He was wearing a thong, well, nothing else besides a thong, and it, and uh, and he was just standing there, and like bending over and talking about his life, and sort of jumping around and dancing around. <laughs> and part of me hates everything that that stands for, but then there's a part of me that is somehow sensitive to that. So afterwards, I I caught him. He was, and we stood there, him in the thong and me in my normal clothes talking for a long time. And I said, you know, honestly, like, I feel like there's a lot of reservation in me. And I almost wonder if I would be happier if I could be like you. And he's like, it would release something in you uh, to be, to be more into life, to be more human. It was just an interesting conversation I had with this guy. I, I don't know. I'm sensitive to, there's something there that I just don't want to cast off as saying, oh, this is stupid and ridiculous because there's something there that pulls me. I don't, I don't know if you guys feel that. Well, Some of the artsy, worthless bullshit stuff that I find somewhat interesting. 
Well, that's what I like about contemporary art, I think, is that anything goes. And I like that. I like that freedom. You know, if you, if you want to march down the street in a thong, fine. You know, people call it art. If you want to, if you want to take your own blood and splatter it on a, on a canvas and call it art. I mean, any, anything goes, any, anything you want to do, you can do it. And then, you know, if, if people accept it, great, you know, you can make a living out of it. But I think that's what I, that's what I love about this contemporary art period. I would say I like to see people doing something that makes them happy and using their, whatever their form of creativity is like that guy you were just talking about. Like I would have, you know, I would probably not enjoy that, whatever show he was putting on, but (laughs) But I would, I would like it that somebody is doing something that makes them happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and using their creativity, whatever it is. I, I hate to see like unutilized or unused potential or like if you're not doing something that makes you happy, I mean, I don't know that you're just hurting yourself, you know? Right. And I just think there's a tendency in me to be a, a ditch digger, like a guy that that's like you're with a bunch of other guys and you're digging this ditch and that's your life and you're doing it. And that's all that's important. Meanwhile, there's some other guy that's out in the field dancing around in the flowers and you all hate that guy because you need to dig this ditch. But the truth is that you're digging that ditch has no more value or worth Mm -hmm. than what he's doing. I just think that you think you should be a ditch digger, not to get too many levels on you, but I think that's what you think you should be. I, I think don't you're think right. You're, I just don't, I mean, there's people meant to be ditch diggers and that's fine. I mean, whatever you do is what you do, but I think you were meant for something else. Yeah, I, I think that's true, Nate. I, I've, all, I've worked my whole life. I think we all kind of, I mean, probably more me and Nate, Matt, you've been more white collar, but in the blue collar world, industrial world, and that part of you kind of gets pushed down, you know, in that world. There's not a lot of creative talk. <laughs> surprisingly so one thing that i didn't find that i thought was really interesting is that uh, hitler obviously was an artist but when he came to power one of the first things he did in the early 30s was he had this uh, thing called a degenerate art show and so he had his guys gather up all the abstract art and all the weird art in germany and they made a display and and a show of it and two million germans came to it and in the show, they were making fun of how abstract it was, how it wasn't real, how it was foolish, how it was Jewish in some ways. Basically, it was a whole show to make fun of abstractness. And then they had a, a sister, a coinciding show of what he thought they, the Germans should think was good art. And what it was was just realistic, sort of glorified paintings of Germans, kind of like, a, it's like there's different uh, Jesuses, like when you see the Jehovah's Witness pamphlet jesus mm-hmm. he's like super polished and with a tight beard it's like those kind of paintings were the approved german paintings and they made fun of all this other stuff as an official state thing to make fun of it i just think wow that's an interesting thing that happened there and they also were doing it in a time when you know it was really hard times in germany in the early 30s right so um you could barely get bread to feed your family and and here's these abstract artists making this stupid silly stuff and we need to get that out of our system. I think there's a warning there of some kind um, in in doing that. I don't think one person can say what's art is the. I always equate it, I guess, more to music because I'm more of a music guy. But like, there's people that love the Eagles. I hate the Eagles. I hope <laughs> that the seventh level of hell is populated with all of the Eagles. 
it's just an opinion. I mean, it's an opinion. You can't tell somebody. It's like with art. I if you think a banana taped to a wall is art, maybe the eagles won't be in that seventh layer of hell, but they might be playing their music in the elevator ride on the way down. Think funny. Think think funny. I actually thought of. I thought, well, I wonder if I can come up with some modern art pieces just in my head. So it took like five to ten minutes. And I came up with three or four. I want to run by you guys and let you. And sure. actually, as I was doing this, I was originally going to do it as a joke. But the more I like, kind of just started scribbling notes. I was like, actually, I can kind of see meaning in all of these things. So um, the first one is you get the underwear from fifty people who just had committed assisted suicide, and you hang it from the ceiling. And the art is called Balloon Farm. <laughs> so there's actually some depth. There's some, maybe some interest there in that. Another idea I had was uh, you take the severed finger of a welder from Ohio and you put it in a jar of bird poop and call it Grande Latte. You guys, your thoughts, anyone? Okay, still wrapping my head around that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had a, a third one was basically anything that you put in an all-white warehouse on a podium is going to be art, basically, right? So you walk in and it's an all-white room. On the podium is you know how you can get a um, one of those magnetic uh, little stands and there's a ball there and it kind of floats in midair because of the magnets? Mm-hmm. You take one of those balls and you wrap it perfectly in human poop in a perfect circle and you show how it was mathematically a perfect circle and it's suspended there and you call it the absence of corn. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the last one I had was, uh, so Jerry Kaiser is the actor that played Weekend at Bernie's and he's 80, 80 years old right now. Okay. So uh-huh. when he dies, you take his corpse and inside of it, you hide a small TV screen and you have Weekend at Bernie's playing 24 hours a day inside there. Now, no one can see it. You just have to trust that it's playing in there and you just call it the long weekend. And you I have thought you were going to go a different way with that and say, actually take him around once he dies. <laughs> That's true. Can I share a quick story about uh, modern my experience with modern art? Yeah. So did you guys have Mr. Barnes at Roosevelt? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think I'm have some mild artistic abilities. Um, and I remember I did like a picture of a person kind of facing the other direction. And I wanted to see if I could like convey emotion, like that person was stressed out, but mm-hmm. not show their face. Mm-hmm. And I thought I did okay. I thought it was pretty good. Well, he didn't give it a great grade. So I was mad. So the next project we did he wanted us to kind of just you know do some modern art type stuff. So I'm like, you know what? Screw you. I'm just going to draw semicircles. So that's all I did. I just drew. I'll send you guys a picture of this when I get home. But <laughs> I just drew a bunch of semicircles and I connected them and connected them and connected them. And I worked on this for a week or two. And it ended up being, I it was unfinished. So it kind of made a pattern. And he went wild for it. It huh. was on his door for most of the year. Really? And he, he wrote A plus and he wrote me a big long note on the back of it about how much he loved it. And it was made out of spite. I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm going to take the laziest way out possible. I'm like, if you don't like what I actually worked hard on, then I'm not going to put any work into this at all. Nate, you are exactly like the banana with the duct tape guy. If you think about what he tried to do with poking fun at modern art that's what you did in that class that's true 
And like, like I didn't want it to, I mean, I didn't want it to fail because I was trying to keep up with Matt, but yeah. Uh, were you proud of it when you're done? You still have a picture of it. It's the best. I still have the picture. It's framed, but it's the best grade I ever got. I think he wrote like a, and like five pluses behind it. Like, and he wrote me this huge long note about how every time he looked at it, he saw something different. And I'm like, dude, I was just being lazy and just wanted to just pass the time for an hour each day. I'm like literally put zero thought into it. I just started on semicircles. Or maybe you were dropping the pretense of what you thought was good art and what you needed to do and just started being yourself and it was appreciated. Yeah. I'll send you guys a picture of it, but I've had people look at it and think it's actually kind of cool. And I've had people look at it and be like, this is stupid. And I think I still think it's stupid because I didn't really put any thought into it. But yeah, I think you're right. I yeah. maybe it there was some more meaning there. The letting go. Think, the letting go of like just thinking and just kind of yeah. just letting go. Like for an hour each day, I just draw the little semicircle over and over, like hundreds and thousands of times. So, and that still has some meaning in your life today. I mean, we're talking about it. You still have it. Yeah, that's interesting. True. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, the le- in the least likely of places, our friend Nate is an abstract modern artist. I'm going to put it on eBay. <laughs> if I get 91 million, I will share it. I was going to mention one more thing. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, if I had $500, I found this perfect artist that I would get a portrait of us made. His name is Tim Patch, and he goes by the name Picasso. I went on his website, and he says, there are millions of artists in the world, but only one who paints with his penis. <laughs> <laughs> so if I, if I ever yeah. come into a little bit of money, I'm going to get a portrait by Picasso. Um, he paints with his penis. And, and I think sometimes it's scrotum, too. Is he able um, to get fine detail? Is he circumcised? <laughs> that gives him an advantage. <laughs> I don't know. I have to look into it a little, but not too hard. Five, 500 plus tip. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to the Think Funny Podcast. Uh, thanks to everybody, and I uh, hope you guys have a good week, and we'll see you next week. He was wearing a thong and sort of jumping around and dancing around, and I said, you know, honestly, like I feel like I would be happier if I could be like you. Thanks for listening to Think Funny. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and tell a friend. If you have comments or topics for the guys, you can email them at thinkfunnypodcast at gmail.com. And check out aarondonley.com for today's show notes and much more. Hey!